you are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast. I'm attorney Tom Goolsby, and welcome to Mastering Law. This is the podcast for attorneys to help you master the business of practicing law. Now, I am a real attorney. I've been practicing. I don't just play one on TV. I've been practicing for over 25 years. I've served in a number of capacities as legal counsel at our crime commission. I've never been a prosecutor, been a defense attorney for many, many years, also a litigator on personal injury cases, and I've handled a number of things, also served as a North Carolina senator for two terms, taught as a professor of law for about 15 years while still keeping my law practice going. I was on the adjunct faculty of a state law school and uh, have enjoyed sort of a well-rounded practice was a managing partner for a good-sized firm for a number of years and then helped pare that down to where it was just me and a law partner. We actually made more money than we ever had just specializing. We've talked about that a little bit on prior broadcasts. We'll do more on that. But today I wanted to, <clears throat> wanted to do something a little different. This is not focusing on just business things that you can do, but this, is, this, this episode is entitled Optimizing your brain output. Now we know as attorneys that the only things we can really do for people is to sell our brains, to sell our time. But what are they really buying? Well, they're, they're buying what we can bring to the table, which are not strong backs, which are not skilled hands, but they're actually our brains. And it's so important for us to make sure that we keep our brains uh, in as as healthy as we can, and then throughout the day that we utilize them to, their, to our fullest capacity and that we utilize them as we need to most efficiently during the day. And we'll talk about sort of scheduling things. But as we, <clears throat> as we jump into this, this is really important. And as you get older, and I'm 54, I turned 54 this year, as you get older, you realize more and more how important it is to keep your brain clear, fog-free, your thoughts and, and your memory, all of those things keen because nobody's going to hire an attorney with a, a memory problem, with a speaking deficiency. I mean, the kind of things that can really cost you business and can also hurt your clients. So we're, we're going to approach this whole issue in a number of ways. I'm going to give you sort of what I do in my perfect day to keep my brain going. And we're going to also talk about how to schedule your work periods. We're going to also talk about when you need to schedule critical tasks for you to actually do them and how the brain literally, how, how the brain really works and how it prioritizes even your thought processes. But, but first, let's sort of jump into, I, I will tell you that I'm 54, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like my brain is as keen now as it was in my 20s. Now, I don't have any objective way to do that, but I, I it's, of course, it's subjective. I hadn't done tests all the way through, but I really feel like my ability to speak, to litigate in court, to argue, to keep my thoughts cogent, to recall things, I think all of those things have come along with me during the time period, and I think it's based upon first utilizing my brain, but also in doing some of the right things for particularly the younger attorneys that are listening to keep my brain clear and as fog-free as possible. And I, I do give a large call out to my wife. 
of the last going on 11 years now. She's been a, a large part of, of really helping improve not only my physical body, but my brain power over the last decade or so. She's a yoga teacher. She's also a healthy eater, and she has really helped me. And she's also a meditator and those kind of things. She's helped a lot as far as me focusing on not just buying into you can do anything you want and there are no costs, but how to really, you know, make sure that I optimize my health as much as reasonably possible. I'm not crazy when it comes to my health, but at the same time, I'm not a fool when it comes to it either. And our brains are literally organic computers. I mean, you know, you know that. Sometimes you can forget that, but it is true. And the way we treat our bodies are going to affect our minds. Now, the interesting thing about it is, if you're in your 20s now and you're going out and tying one on every night, maybe doing a little of illicit drugs every now and then or, or more often than you should, smoking like a chimney, all those things that don't hurt you right away, but it's sort of like polluting. You know, you, you start polluting a river and there's a certain point where the pollution just all of a sudden shows up, the fish die, you know, the algae blooms, you know, the oxygen's not in the water, and you've got a dead zone. And you've got to make sure that, you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff in your 20s that you can't get away with later. And you have to, as they say, everything in moderation. So we, we do catch up with ourselves, and I think it's important early on for you to make sure that you don't abuse your body and your brain. I see plenty of attorneys who have. And when they get to be my age, they look like they're in their mid to late 60s, and they're completely worthless. They can't think. They can hardly talk. They can hardly reason. They are not the kind of person that you're going to pay big money to and expect much out of. So please, as just a warning to the attorneys that I know, that I've seen, that haven't taken care of themselves, it starts catching up to you in your 50s, and particularly in your 60s, if you even live that long. So for those of you who are young, listen to what I'm saying, start employing it, dial back a little bit, still live life and have fun, but realize there are costs if you take it too far too often. Now, the better you sleep, the more you reduce stress with workouts, with stretching, with meditation, the clearer your thought processes are going to be. And the same with your diet. Now, I will tell you that good fat and protein are something that I put into my diet constantly. I do eat meat. I, I try to eat uh, as little of it as possible. I do enjoy life. I do eat well. I enjoy good food. I enjoy going out and eating. But at the same time, I try not to be too crazy about it. I enjoy alcohol. I enjoy caffeine. But again, I use my alcohol for de-stressing. I use my caffeine for basically engaging. I, I say the wine's to disengage, the caffeine's to engage. I love to drink coffee in the mornings, but I also keep in mind how to use it for my ultimate benefit and how not to overuse it to really just burn out my adrenal glands. I have a number of friends who are doctors who've given me, I think, some good advice over the years. I'm not trying to give you medical advice at all. Everything I'm telling you here is anecdotal to me. A lot of it is based on some things that I have learned and things I've experimented with. I'm sort of like a Tim Ferriss when it comes to that. And I do recommend his podcast. He's got 
some great uh, podcasts on and in uh, several of his books. He's got a lot of good things about how important it is to take in protein early in the day, and we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. But like I was getting into when it came to caffeine, I use that to engage, particularly in the mornings, mid-afternoons, and I use wine a few times a week to disengage, to sort of, you know, at night, to sort of slow down before it gets too late, maybe have a glass or two and relax with. Uh, I, I think it can be a really good way to help de-stress, but you can also overdo it. And again, everything, not everything, but many things, I wouldn't, <laughs> there is no way to, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to do, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do speed or, or crack occasionally. No, 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 not that. Uh, many things in moderation, uh, most things in moderation, but not everything. So I'm, I'm not going to go that far. But let me give you just a typical day for me. And this is not to be your day, but this is me on a good day. Like I said, I'm 54 years old. I've managed to remain thin by not overeating, by working out every day. And I'm going to sort of tell you what my workout is. So those of you who find yourself, you don't think you have the time to work out. You've gained a few pounds. You don't think you'll ever be able to take them off. I'm going to tell you, you can. You can do it easier than you think, but it's going to take just a little bit of planning. Those of you who want to get in better shape, there are many easy ways to do that. And again, don't adopt stuff you don't like. This is one reason I ran competitively for 20 years. 20 years I ran competitively. And then one, one day, I just said, you know what? And I had a friend tell me this, and it really rung true. He, he said, you know, I always see people running, and they look stressed out and uncomfortable. And when I look at people walking, they always look happy. And I thought, you know, I can walk just as many miles as I can run, and I'll enjoy it a lot more. I can listen to podcasts like you might be listening to right now during a workout or during a walk. I can listen to the radio, I can talk to a friend, I can talk on the telephone even. I can even do business while I'm walking. So think about that, and, and we'll go a little bit further into it as, as, as we move through the podcast. But I think that the fact that I've kept myself in good shape, eaten reasonably, consumed reasonable amounts of alcohol and, and, and caffeine, and taken supplements and those types of things, just regular stuff, that, that it has helped my 54 years to look a, a lot younger on me than I otherwise would be if I were overweight, if I were out of shape, if I didn't have the skin tone I had from the exercising and all that I'd done. So here's my, how my day starts. I usually get up around 6.30, maybe 7. I always drink 20 ounces of water within the first, I don't know, few minutes, 10, 15 minutes, extremely important to take in good amounts of water throughout the day. And you might say, well, why is that? I don't really care for it. Can I just drink coffee and soft drinks and all? I will tell you, I've learned that water does a few things. First, it, of course, hydrates you. It hydrates your skin. It makes you look healthier. If you are not drinking water, you're going to look scrawny and, and dried out, and your skin is not going to look healthy. And in fact, it's not going to be as healthy as it otherwise would be because water does help eliminate toxins from your body and everything else. I've found over and over and over again how important it is, particularly if you've had a fair bit to drink the night before. Putting that water in you to rehydrate yourself will make you look and feel so much better and less puffy, all those other things. And it's the same throughout every day. 
It also helps your elimination system, get toxins out of your body, helps flush you out, make you go to the bathroom regularly so that you're not full of poisons and toxins. 20 ounces of water in the morning, 20 about mid-morning, 20 at lunch, 20 in the afternoon, and 20 at night. You put that amount of water in you because you've got a little, uh, literally a little water jug that you keep and you drink. You don't have to drink cold water. In fact, I understand from Eastern medicine that cold water is not good for your heart, but just water at room temperature. Sit there, drink it down, force yourself into that habit. You'll get into it, you'll feel better, and it'll make you a lot healthier. Another thing that I do within 20 or so minutes, and this is what I got from Tim Ferriss. He talked about, I think even he gives an example on one of his podcasts about his father losing, I don't think, 10 or 15 pounds by doing one and one thing only. And that was intaking 20 to 30 grams of protein in the first 20 minutes after getting up in the morning. Now, how do I do that? To go eat a chicken breast? You could, but what I do is I get up in the morning, so one of the first things I do is I pull up my 20-ounce thermos. I put in several scoops of protein powder, whether it's whey protein, rice protein, whatever kind of soy protein, whatever you want, whatever is good on your body. Some people don't tolerate soy as well as, as, uh, as they do whey, as they do rice. Rice is probably the least intolerable of all those. And I mix that up with some powdered chocolate, uh, some cacao, or just any of some little bit of liquid vanilla, you name it, some maple syrup, some stevia. Come up with your own formula of something you like to take that, because uh, some of those protein powders by themselves are a little nasty. But you can juice them up a little bit with some other things. You can get all sorts of recipes. And then I mix up a big bottle of that. And then what I do is I take about two and a half ounces or so, which is about three swigs for me, and that gives me my 20 to 30 grams of protein. Why do I do that? Well, according to Tim Ferriss and the doctors that he's talked to and all, it helps stabilize your blood sugar immediately from the start of the day. And what that does is it keeps you from having these insulin spikes where your blood pressure rushes up and then drops and you're hungry and famished or you sort of go brain dead. And what you find is you don't have cravings, you don't have, you know, uh, thought problems, you're, you're, you don't get sleepy, you don't get worn out, you just feel great. It also causes you, because it stabilizes your blood sugar so early, pounds to literally drop off of you. I can notice when I, uh, when I consistently do this in the mornings, I'll lose a good three to four pounds and, and keep it off. I weigh myself fairly frequently, and I like to stay around 160 to 165. And if I routinely drink my protein in the morning, I'll stay right at 160. Otherwise, I'll get up around 165, 167, and I can tell that in my custom-fitted suits. So give that a try and see what it does for you. The more overweight you are, the more results you'll probably see. Again, with all of this, consult your doctor. Don't I am, I am a doctor of law, not a doctor of medicine, just like you. Although there may be a few of you who are both, and you're geniuses, and I hate you. But anyway, um, so I do recommend... Tim Ferriss' podcast and his advice about taking that protein in. Now, the other thing that I do in the mornings in order to get my, my body heat up, to get myself out there, my brain moving, because now I've helped my brain a lot by putting some protein in, I then go out for a nice walk for a mile or two or three or longer, depending on the amount of time I have. Sometimes it's only about a mile and a half or so takes 25, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, okay? If you're walking, that's fine. 
go do that. You know, spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes out. I will every other day. I have a calisthenic routine that I'll put in push-ups, squats. To, I mean, you name it. There's any number of the mountain climbers and pull-ups and you know, just whatever is good for you. I do about four sets of something. And I find that that gets my body moving, gets me going, gets my brain working and functioning. I'll listen to a podcast of one of my favorite history ones or some political something that gets me thinking and, and gets me focusing on some other things just then the law. And then I'll come back and eat an egg and usually a few other things with that. I might have an egg. I might have some grits. I might have an egg. I might have some hash browns. I might have an egg. I might have some toast. Something along those lines and a cup of coffee. Uh, so I, I always make sure that I cook my eggs in heavy coconut oil, uh, always natural stuff. I always eat the, the best eggs that I can. That's my main source of protein. I might have one egg, might have two eggs. Always cook it in coconut oil. Uh, they taste wonderful. Gets me going. Like I said, coffee, green tea. Then I'm off to court. Now, the other thing that on a good day that I do with me is I've mixed up my 20 ounces or so of protein drink. So every two and a half, three ounces of that, four ounces, is between 20 and 30 grams of protein. So about halfway through the morning, I'll take another couple of swigs of that and again flatten out my blood sugar levels and keep them straight. If I'm out of court early, I might have a cup of coffee before lunch. Then, of course, I go to lunch. I'm at the same time making sure that I'm taking in my 20 or so ounces mid-morning of water. So I've got water and protein. Okay, might throw in some caffeine with coffee. And again, I, I'm a Campana fan, so usually I have a double shots of uh, espresso with some whipped cream in it, a little bit of stevia, maybe some honey. Uh, and then I go to lunch. My lunch is typically any number of things. Of course, it's always good to throw greens in. Um, depending on what I have, if I don't have a lot of protein there, I may have a few more swigs out of my protein jar. Uh, but again, go back to work, spend my afternoon about midway through the afternoon, more protein, make sure I drink all my water, and then I work on through my day and go to lunch, uh, go to supper rather, again with some more water before supper, and going into my evening. I try to always eat if I can before seven. I don't like to push it much past 7 because then you start affecting your blood sugar when you go to sleep. One of the last things I do, too, is I finish off the remainder of my protein about 30 minutes before I'm ready to lay down. And what does that do? Those of you who go to sleep and find yourself routinely waking up in the middle of the night, a lot of times, ask your doctor, you'll find out that that happens because your blood sugar level has dropped. And it wakes you up. It spikes and then drops and you wake up stone-cold sober. Well, if you try this, try taking in some protein and seeing if that protein doesn't flatten out that blood sugar and you'll find yourself sleeping through the night. Just a suggestion that you might end up trying. Now, what I'd like to talk about is as far as that's sort of my perfect day when it comes to what I'm doing throughout the day to keep my brain optimized, to make sure that blood sugar's stable, that protein's there, I'm taking in fat in the morning. Uh, you know, again, if you're if you're craving certain things, a lot of times those sugar cravings are actually cravings that are related to one of two things. Well, maybe one of three: either protein, fat, or water. A lot of times we get hungry, we think we're hungry, 
we want something to, to boost us up, and it's really because we're either thirsty or we don't have enough protein. And another thing that's so helpful, too, about sort of setting that steady rate on your blood sugar levels is fat, too. I'll find myself some days, I'll just eat a spoonful of coconut oil. I like the way it tastes, and it also helps, you know, again, flatten out my blood sugar, which I find for me can be so much of my problems. So this is now something I wanted to jump into, and I mentioned earlier, that's sort of my perfect day. Now, when it comes to how I plan out my work during my day, this is really important. Your brain, as the day goes along, tends to wear down, just like your body does if you were out doing heavy physical labor. Your brain, in many ways, will, as you've worked it throughout the day, it will get less and less keen. It will get more and more worn out. Your, your thought processes won't be as clear. And what you really need to do as you go through your day is realize that you've got to plan those critical tasks in the times that are best suited for them. Typically, that is going to be in the morning. Now, sometimes you just can't do it in the mornings, but that typically is going to be the best times for you to set up the, the critical thought processes. If you've got something you've really got to work on, also I find that the sooner I knock out those things that I feel like I've got to do, as soon as I knock those out, when I knock those out early, I get such a feeling of accomplishment that it, it just spurs me on to do more and more and more and to feel great about my day and great about myself. So I would encourage you, try to plan those critical tasks, not when you find time at the end of the day, but make time at the beginning of the day. Now, let's talk about how we schedule our work day. I, uh, when I was in the legislature here in North Carolina a few years ago, I got invited to a conference of a National Association of State Legislators, I think. I got to go to the SAS uh, Institute up, up in Raleigh, North Carolina, out in Research Triangle Park, one of the top companies in the world. And what I learned there, they had a, a session where, out of the blue, we just had uh, one of their physical fitness guys that works for this corporation come in. And they, they started telling us about how they had spent a great deal of money and energy trying to get their employees healthy, keep them healthy, and also help them learn how to establish good work habits to make sure that they optimized their work days. And this is something that really stuck with me, and I, I want to share it with you. One thing they recommended is never work more than 50 minutes at a time. In other words, when you sit, down, you sit down to do a task, if you've got one of those watches like I do, you can go ahead and have a timer set on it. You hit that timer, and when the 50-minute mark springs, I used to do this as a student actually in college. I read this many, many years ago. Gosh, about 40 years ago, 30 years ago now. Um, and at the 50-minute mark, your productivity from the time you started goes down like half again as much every 20 minutes. So when you first start a task, your productivity is reduced in half by about 20 minutes. When you hit the 40-minute mark, it goes down half again. So by the 50-minute mark, you really need to stop doing whatever it is you're doing and take a break. Now, what do you do during this break? Well, depending on how you feel, it might be time for a little protein, but most likely it's time, and this is what they showed us at, the, at, the, at SAS, 
is they said, you know, any number of physical moves to get the blood flowing in your body will increase your efficiency something like 30 to 60 percent. And I thought, really? I mean, how many times have I sat at my desk for three hours, two, three, four hours, knocking something out, thinking I was being super productive, when in fact I was being much less productive than I would have been and much, much less comfortable than I would have been if I'd have just gotten my ass up out of a chair and done some things like what? Like squats, like literally standing up, squatting back down, putting your butt on the chair, and as soon as it hits, going back up again. Uh, stretching, bending over, touching your toes, uh, bending backwards, bending to the side, uh, having workout equipment at your desk where literally you can get up and use it. You'll see it, you'll trip over it, you'll use it. What is that? A medicine ball, a 5, 10, 15, 20-pound medicine ball that you can hold and you can do squats with. You can hold up over your head, you can lift with one arm, you can do any number of activities with it to get your blood flowing again. 20, after working for no more than 50 minutes, taking a 10-minute break will make you so much more efficient brain-wise, body-wise, health-wise of, of not getting blood clots in your legs, you know, getting your body moving, making your spine more healthy, all those things that are so important for us to do, both as young and aging attorneys. Now, what all can you do? Well, I mean, the, 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 the list is is limitless, but getting up and moving around. Hey, how about this? How about just walking? How about just stepping outside your office on a beautiful day, walking around the block for five minutes, ten minutes? I mean, if you really want to go super far, of course, you can uh, do a yoga routine. You can stand on your head, and let me tell you, you want to really jack yourself up into the frame. Your, your, your co-workers and your staff will think you're crazy. I don't really care about that but you start doing headstands for 30 seconds, you will be amazed at what flipping your body upside down and putting all that blood down toward your brain will do. It is amazing stuff. But there's any number of things you can do. What I'm really encouraging you to do is something, is anything. Don't just sit around on your ass all day and not get out and move your body, whether it's moving it around the office, whether it's stretching, walking, squats, workouts at your desk, whatever it is, those are important things for you to do. Now, what have we learned from today's lesson? Well, first off, develop a routine to do during the day that gets exercise in your body. Now, you may not be a morning person. I am not. It is not easy to get up in the mornings. I feel so much better about myself, even though it doesn't feel good in the mornings, when I actually get up and move. Maybe noontime is a better time for you. Maybe the end of the day is a better time. Maybe at 10 o'clock at night is a good time. The problem is you start doing those late workouts, you really start changing so much your body chemistry that it's hard, very hard to slow your body back down, go to bed, and get good rest. Our bodies typically work better on those natural rhythms of getting up with the sun, going, slowing down, if not going down, with the sun but making sure that you're out there moving around. Going to consume alcohol, try to consume it as early in the day as possible, and make sure that if you have consumed alcohol, for every ounce of alcohol you had, double or triple that in water intake so you don't become dehydrated. Dehydration affects your sleep, affects your bowels, affects your skin, 
affects your brain. Your brain's mostly water. Your body's mostly water. The rest of your brain is fat. So again, do everything you can to get yourself upwardly mobile, out there moving. And again, supplementation, I could do hours worth of talking about what supplementation has done for you. But again, a good doctor, a good alternative health care provider where you've got a naturopath, a chiropractor, uh, acupuncturist, nutritionist, whoever it might be, people that are going to really help you get out there and supplement because so much of the food we eat these days, even if it looks good and we're told it's tasty, it's dead calorically, it's dead vitamin and mineral wise. So be very cognizant and careful of that. Uh, so again, you've got to focus on your own body. You've got to, as we talk about here, at Mastering Law. We say over and over again how important it is for you to make sure that you focus on the things that count. And nothing in your life, as far as your work life goes, counts more than your brain and your thoughts. And you've got to make sure to keep those as clean, as pure, as efficient, as worthwhile as possible. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. We love to hear from you. We love your suggestions, any ideas you might have for any shows in the future. Please make sure to set yourself up your own schedule. Remember, plan your work and work your plan. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Let us hear from you. MasteringLawAtLive.com is the email address. We appreciate you. We hope you appreciate us. We want to do everything we can to help make your practice successful, enjoyable, profitable, and the kind of life you want to have because, face it, this is your one chance. This is your life. Make the most of it. God bless. We wish you the best from Mastering Law.